91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Krista Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. of Horror Movie Night. This week, we are talking about 1985's Day of the Dead, as picked by Brian. And I have reason to believe, I didn't do any research on this, but it's a horror movie. It's 1985. There's a chance that this movie came out on my birthday. I'm just saying. (laughs) So, Brian, besides the fact that it it may have come out on your brother's birthday, why did you pick Day of the Dead? (sighs) Uh, this was another. This is another one that you wouldn't let me watch because you said it wasn't good. But I, I had don't seen... know how accurate that is because I have always enjoyed Day of the Dead. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah, you do. Mm. You specifically said it's not good, and then you changed your mind, which is fine. It's good. It shows growth, but you didn't like it early on. But like the weird thing was, was like you were like, "Don't waste your time watching Day of the Dead. It's not good." But you didn't stop me from seeing Land of the Dead in theaters. So. Like you only stop you from making a decision to go into the theaters <laughs> to see a movie that I wasn't willing to go to the theaters to see. I just feel like maybe it was a budget thing, but I feel like Screaming Mad George didn't get to work as much as I was hoping he was going to work in this movie. Like, so, I wish I didn't see all the effects before I saw the movie because it was like I just waited an hour and 10 minutes for those 20 minutes. 
Yeah. You know? So here's here's it is a budgetary thing. Actually, mm-hmm. this was like the one fun fact that I learned about this movie. And this is another one of those reasons why, like, love him or hate him, George Romero's a fucking G, right? <laughs> is at this point, he had dealt with bullshit with the MPAA nonstop, right? Uh-huh. Um, and the studio was like, you know what? Look, I know you've had a rough go about. How about you do another of the dead movie? We know you love doing those of the dead movies. We're going to give you $7 million to do an of the dead movie, but it has to be R rated. And George Romero was like, I'll do it for 3.5. If I don't ever have to submit it to the MPAA. (laughs) And they were like, okay. So he was just like, I want to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And I'll do it at half the cost just to not have to deal with the headache of a ratings board being like, ooh, that's too gory, you have to cut that. So they just actively decided to release this unrated in, like, the limited theaters that it could be released in, as opposed to, like, going through, like, the MPAA and having to do, like, a series of cuts to, like, trim out the gore scenes. See, I feel like I'd be bummed if I was around in the 80s, because, like, you see you see a George A. Romero movie, and you see it's unrated. You expect you more than the... what you get. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I think that this movie... What I what I like about this movie is that I think that he accidentally stumbled into social consciousness in his first two of the dead movies. <laughs> like like Night of Living Dead, like it's it's really held up as this like this tentpole for what it has to say about like racism in the in the sixties. But like the the problem with that was that the character was never written to be black. So like that all kind of accidentally happened when they cast the the actor that they cast but now and when then... you interview him in 2020 dude that was his play <laughs> from the game that's that's why i love it dude it's like the the woke hollywood fucking production companies that yeah. are like we're more inclusive it's like you guys were running the show 10 years ago when you weren't doing <laughs> like, it either day of the dead i can there's like little elements where i'm like i actually see what he's doing like there's one of the elements that i really really love in this movie the fact that Rhodes is clean shaven in the movie, I think is such a cool, like, like subtle thing about his character because everybody else has like given up. They're like, the world is ending. This is the end of it. But like, he's so still associating himself with like, no, we're in the military. Things are going to get back to normal that he's still like waking up every day, getting clean shaven, like doing what you have to do when you're in the military while all of the other soldiers have, like, just fucked off and let themselves grow beards and, like, (laughs) outgrow their uniforms and stuff. And I think, like, little details like that are really interesting, like, character pieces in a movie that's essentially a mess that you're just watching for the last 20 minutes. But, (laughs) but, But I do think that there's a little bit more, like... I think that there's a more attention to detail in this one than there was in in Night or Dawn. Like Night was like a bunch of dudes in Pittsburgh just throwing shit at a wall to make a movie and like the original Dawn of the Dead could use like 40 minutes cut out of it easily. Like it's I don't need the pie fight in the middle of Dawn of the Dead. And just the uh, yeah. the best looking zombies. For sure. See, I think Day has the best looking zombies, honestly. I, that's, I like that's what that's what we're agreeing on. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. I thought you were talking about Dawn had the best looking Dawn zombies. Dawn just was blue. They just yeah. painted the faces blue. <laughs> like the very first zombie you see has like no lower jaw and it looks fucking awesome. Like it's just like a tongue dangling out of like 
an empty hole. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And then I wasn't going to see a zombie again except for Bud for like a good 30, 40 minutes. Bud, he, I couldn't get over the fact that he just looked like Brian Regan doing a bit the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually George Romero's favorite of the Of the Dead movies, he said. And he said that after he did a bunch of the sequels. <laughs> like Landon Diary, so he even knew he was phoning that shit in on his on his dying days. The two things I remember about this movie is I remember Uncle Craig had the VHS tape, and it was another one of those VHS tapes similar to Hellraiser, where the back of it was not like shying away from how much gore was in the movie. So it was one of those ones where it's like, ooh, I don't know if I want to watch that. Like I was a you know, I was a little baby. Even when I was getting into horror movies, I was a little baby. The back had the chest open, right? I think so. Or it could be the dead alive. So many VHS box covers were like, someone's chest gets ripped open. Let's throw it on the back of the box. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think that that was on the uh, Day of the Dead one because I know for a fact that the dead alive box art was so graphic to me. And it was the ribs getting ripped the out. Rib cage, like the yeah. entire yeah. rib cage getting ripped out. Um, and I think it also is like... It's the finger poking through the guy's stomach is the other yeah. one in the back. Yeah, and, like, and those were... I was like... It's gnarly. I, that That's why I didn't watch Dead Alive until college because I was like, I can't handle that. But I mean, it's just so... <laughs> I didn't understand that, that splatter horror is it was like just so cartoonish, it's cartoonish. in its presentation I, I was like, this yeah. is so realistic no no not at all <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing i remember about this movie was that i finally got around this is why i don't think i told you not to say it and if i did it was probably because i hadn't seen it either but mm. the first time i saw it was i got it in the mail through netflix and i popped it into my dvd player in, in grandmom's basement this was the year that i was living in grandmom's basement the movie starts and the first like three minutes of this movie was sampled on the gorillas album <laughs> on like one of my favorite songs by the gorillas um m1a1 where it's not like it's not like when i say oh they sampled it where like they took a beat like they took a piece of it and turned it into a beat literally the entire two minutes opening up to this track that turns into just like a quick like 90 second punk song is just the like dun 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 theme with a guy going hello 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 and when I used to listen to that album I'm like what the fuck is up with this intro and then seeing Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead it made me more confused like why why were they like let's just take the first 2 minutes of Day of the Dead and just put it at the start of the song for no explainable reason and then just do our quick song where the chorus is just like la hey it's a great jam though you guys aren't selling me on Day of the Dead or Gorillas right now Gorillas is like seven bands <laughs> so day of the dead <laughs> oh oh so I, I do have a couple notes about day of the dead very few but that alligator at the beginning was a pretty nice touch and i'm pretty shocked that you glossed over that for the the zombie with his tongue lolling out because i mean yeah i i that is the thing that i liked actually i think that that's the one of the only things i liked about this movie because this is not my first watch but it's definitely your last well <laughs> if i have to watch it again i will be very very upset because it's so fucking boring. Like this just I hate people yelling. I hate This is this is like the combination of all of the things Scott yeah, doesn't like. Yeah. There's a lot a of movie. fucking gunshots in small spaces. Everybody will be you know, deaf as fuck 
and maybe that's why they're yelling, but everybody's yelling, everybody's on edge. No one is a redeemable character. Like, literally everybody's a bad person in this movie. It kind of, I feel like, yes, this is kind of feeding off of the, the Dawn of the Dead feeling of, like, that hopelessness of the world's over, and, you know, everybody's just at each other's throats, and, and the humans are the real monsters. I get the fucking allegory, right? But yeah. I feel like Dawn of the Dead, or Day of the Dead, rather, is so much more dour than Dawn of the Dead because of just, like, yeah, Dawn of the Dead has the fucking pie fight, and, you know, just yeah. it has a little bit more to it. But what I want to get to is the fact that Day of the Dead really, I think, is the final mold for all of the apocalyptic movies, like zombie movies, like even 28 Days Later. Well, I guess that's what I was going to ask you is like, is it necessarily that Day of the Dead is a quote unquote bad movie? Or is it that it set the template that we've seen like a million times now? I mean, like, even though it was kind of the one that got there first, it like, it's ruined so much other stuff. Well, I don't think it's ruined so much other stuff. It's since it's the trope, you know, like since it really is the, the concept of humans are the real monsters in a in a zombie apocalypse. I get it, but that's been the the truth since Night of the Living Dead. Like it's all it's, yeah. it's always the whole point of like a at least for Romero, the vast majority of what he talks about is the zombies are just a set piece. They're kind of a looming dread, you know, and an ever present danger. But humans are the another danger, and and society is a breakdown. But it's not fun to fucking watch that. It's almost like I, I don't I'm sure someone else has investigated this years ago, but like I almost wonder if it's a weird version of like, you know, the, the biblical concept of like the rapture, right? Like all of all of the good people in the world get raptured to heaven and then we're left with like the, the shittiest people. people <laughs> that has that, to be it. Because like because I think the element of like Here's the fact. Like, I consider myself a pretty nice person. I think both of you are very nice people. I don't think we would survive a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> like, I think that, like, no. like, we don't have that, like, killer instinct. So it's almost like that that aspect of the movie, like, I think that that's almost what the, the point is, is, like, the only people who could survive something like this are, like, the biggest, most selfish pieces of shit on okay. the planet. Okay, that makes a like, lot of sense because my biggest issue with, like what of the walking dead i never watched the walking dead in order jade watched it and i would catch episodes here and there and i like my biggest issue with it is how awful all the characters are because it's like the three of us right now right we don't not rape people because we live in a law enforced country we don't rape people because it's a terrible thing to do so like once like the world ends the fact that everyone becomes a rapist is just like so, like, in Walking Dead, 70% of the characters, it's like, if they're alone with a woman, they're going to rape them. And I'm like, I don't think that's how the world is. I yeah. would hope that's no, not how the world is. But yeah. also, yeah. like, what does that say about the fact that that is a hugely popular show and that men and women both are, are totally fine with watching a bunch of violence against women? I feel like that was a part of the comic book, too. And that's why I never watched the show, because I read the first three collections or something back in college, and I hated it. Yeah, I've read way more of Walking Dead than I enjoyed <laughs> like i think i got it's because to like you're a like 120 i but even then i was like i can't do this anymore like it just quick shout out to robert kirkman whose better comic book has been turned into a cartoon series on amazon prime <laughs> invincible but uh yeah walking dead i just like 
it got to a point where it was it was like watching How I Met Your Mother, right? Like, you know that there's an ending planned, but they keep getting renewed for more seasons, and they don't have enough story to fill it, so they just keep telling the same story every season. And that's basically what happened with Walking Dead, was it was like, well, fuck, they want us to keep making issues. Let's just have them find another civilization of people that they cause havoc in and destroy, and then... Um, We'll do the last issue. Oh, you want us to do another year? Uh, uh, they find another civilization of people, and like, and it was just like by the fourth civilization of people that they found, I was like, there seems to be a lot of fucking people alive and dead before before our six main characters come and ruin it. Like, yeah. If I had a show like that, what I would do is by season four, zombies win, the world is over. It's all zombies. Then season five would just pretty much be Leave It to Beaver, but in an all zombie town. That's what I would do. I love it. I so would Fido. get canceled. Fucking Fido is that exactly what I was. <laughs> so I do want to talk about toward the end of this movie. It's the best part because the 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 movie really ramps up. You get a ton of really gory, gnarly deaths towards the end. Two things that jumped out at me when I was watching it this time. First of all, I don't know what it is. But any time that, like, a human being has to amputate another human being's body to stop, like, an infection from spreading, it fucks me up. I, I love like, how the guy, like, wakes up as she's burning his stump and he's like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, no. But then the other thing is there's the one scene where they're literally tearing a guy apart. I know, which scene? But they <laughs> rip off his head. And the mm -hmm. way that they modulate his voice as the vocal yes. cords are being torn is yes. so good. Yeah. Like, that is amazing. That was a great attention to detail. I noticed that too. I was like, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a hell of a movie, especially towards the end. Like, it is. It gets hell wild. is as a movie. Yes. <laughs> All right. 921 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. So, what double features do you guys have for this movie that we just barely talked about? I mean, I'm going to, uh, I think that's no surprise. I'm going to pair with the best zombie movie ever made, Shaun of the Dead. I disagree on best zombie movie ever made. But... Best zombie movie ever made. Ever. Wait, wait, I, so what do you think, Matt? I think it's the same one that you think is the best zombie movie. But that wouldn't exist if it wasn't a pastiche. Neither of those, Shaun of the Dead or Return of the Living Dead, would exist without them being pastiches of Night of the Living yeah. Dead. No, for sure. Uh, I think of like authentic zombie movies, it is Day of the Dead for me. I do really love this movie. You think um, this is the best, huh? 
For authentic, <laughs> look at that look. he said authentic uh, zombie movies, not like joke ones. zombie movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, not like the comedy ones. I don't. I couldn't even imagine like what the quote unquote best authentic or not fun zombie movie is. I mean, I mean, I also, I won't lie, I do really enjoy watching the original Night Living I do Dead. too, it's fun. It's yeah. it's Day of the Dead that I just can't, like the original Day of the Dead, I just cannot <laughs> sit through. And you I mean know Dawn. That it's Dawn. Or Dawn, yeah, the original Dawn. It's just so long. It's so the re- tedious The to remake watch. is a lot of fun though. Yeah. I, oh, the I, remake's I mean, great. I haven't seen it in oh, a few fucking, years, but it's got Richard Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, that's, I. You know, here's the thing: is Phil Dunphy's in that. I didn't know who he was when it came uh, out, but the very end, you know, like after everybody fucking dies. Spoiler alert for a 2005 film that you probably have seen before. Everybody dies at the end, as is typical of most zombie movies, and then they're like rolling this extra footage over top of the end credits. And there's this part where Phil Dunphy has like some like bikini clad women on him or something and he goes i run a tight ship and i think about it all the time but i can't say that (laughs) i can't say that to anybody because it doesn't the context of that is so absurd yeah all right scott how about you what's your double feature i'm gonna go with another movie that is subterranean but is way more fun i'm gonna go with graveyard shift because you know it's a lot more fun it's got a gigantic mutant rat bat bat i I, uh so i'm gonna go with a wild one but as i was watching this i was like you know what movie this makes me want to watch the thing john carpenter's the thing just a bunch of military guys pissed off at each other trapped in a shitty situation much better movie crazy special effects the thing all the way. And see, I feel like that that's a great that's a great suggestion because even though the thing is equally dour, it is so much more fun to watch. And I don't it's so much more fun. I, well because it's I think it's because again, we were talking about how much we love the zombie designs, but like with the exception of the opening shot and the one scene where they go into the laboratory and there's like the body that's literally just a brain yeah, stem that's on a, a body. Cool you don't scene. Yeah. You don't see anything else until the last like 15 minutes. Like it's it's one of those classic movies, and we can talk about this next week as well, where the film really thinks that we care more about the human interactions than the monsters <laughs> in the movie, and and false. So Brian, what's something that you watched? You want to tell people to check out? Before that, I do want to piggyback off that. I do just want to give a shout out to horror movies of that era that just like like my generation was like let's take these classics and remake them and like the little shop of horrors the thing invaders from mars like it's just like wow what a cool idea that had such a shit budget so it's actually a really bad movie let's remake that we should we should get back to that um but i will say (laughs) so jade I was, I was left home alone last night. Jade went. Uh-oh. Yeah. Jade, Jade went <laughs> the to way that you present house. that term is just fucking great. Yeah. So she went I to her friend's sure house for, yeah, for one last hurrah. And I, I did what, every, what any man would do when it's home alone. I watched the 1955 French thriller called Diabolic. And <laughs> Diabolique. Diabolique is great. Diabolique. Dude, Diabolique. What a good fucking movie. Yeah. Jade enjoyed my recap of it. 
I was like, I watched this really good movie. And then she's like, tell me everything that happened because I'm not going to watch it. And she was literally sitting there like this, just so interested as I looked at the movie. If you guys were on the phone, she would have been on her bed with her rotary telephone, dangle, all right, twirling yeah. it in her fingers and her, and her back legs would be kicking in the air you know what i'm saying like yeah brian tell me more about diabolique yeah and like i was so bad at telling it she was still interested in it like i was like almost at the end and i'm like oh yeah i forgot to tell you and this this retired police commissioner came in about a halfway through let me let's backtrack to him and i like <laughs> but she was into it so i watched something very different than diabolique i went to a friend's house because they had paid for the premiere access of raya and the last dragon on disney Ooh. plus and Whew. Oh, did Matt cry? You better believe he did. Ah. Um, but no, it's a fantastic film. It's really cool to watch a animated film where literally the only non-Asian voice actor is Alan Tudyk voicing a giant roly-poly bus. <laughs> Man, how did that guy go to be get get like every awesome voice ta- voice acting? Like, it's so thing. weird. It's so weird when I look at Alan Tudyk's like voice acting career, and I'm like. So he was Hey Hey and Moana. <laughs> like, it's just like the weirdest, like... That's amazing. I always like, forget about that. I think about him as KN04 or what, what's the... You know, he's that robot in... Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Rogue in One. Rogue One. Yeah, he's the robot in Rogue One. He gets... Yeah, it's weird for him to have all these voice acting roles, but he's also like a legitimately funny comedic actor. Yeah. Like, oh, and he's doing thing. that that Dr. Alien or something like that. Isn't that... He's doing that show on sci-fi. I think at, so, um, yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, and that's... I think it's 50% voice acting. I don't quite know how much of it is him and how much of it is his voice because it's an alien head. Um, yeah. But yeah, like he's he that's like his bread and butter now, which I think is so fucking cool. Yeah, and it's got the girl from Star Wars in it. Yeah. So what I want to stress with this one, yeah, so so Raya has the has Rose from Star Wars as as the voice of oh, Raya. Oh, cool. And Aquafina is the voice of the Last Dragon. Now, here's the thing. I am a wow. fan of the original Mulan. But one of my beefs with Mulan is that Mushu is literally just Eddie Murphy doing his Eddie Murphy thing, and yeah. it doesn't feel like it belongs in that movie. Now, Aquafina is definitely doing her Aquafina thing throughout this. Now, who's Aquafina? Someone who shouldn't be a voice actor, yeah. but she's very funny. Did you see Crazy Rich Asians? <laughs> yeah. She's the best friend in Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so she's voicing this dragon, and she's very much like that character, like that high energetic character, but she just does the thing that Eddie Murphy never did with Mushu with like, there's so much gravitas in her character. So like she's goofy and she's excited that like she's back and living, but there is that element of like sadness and loss and importance and like drive that Mushu never had. Like Mushu was just yeah, like- You're putting st- a lot of smut on Mushu's <laughs> name right now and I don't like it. He was, just, he was basically just Eddie Murphy doing a stand-up routine for two straight hours when I watched uh, uh, when I watched Mulan. stand-up routine. Kids that's... stand up routine, yeah. He's like, I'm a, I'm a dragon, ba ba doop ba doop. Like that's <laughs> like my Eddie Murphy impression in that movie. But yeah, Raya Last Dragon. Is it worth the thirty dollars? No, maybe not. But if you have a friend who has Disney Plus and already paid the thirty dollars and is willing to give you their access code so you can watch it too, go for it. But it will be free uh, in early June. June first, so, yeah, or June fourth, yeah. So I am waiting, and I respect <laughs> you a little bit more because when I saw your post, I was like, "The fucking nerve on him to spend thirty dollars <laughs> on this movie!" But the fact that someone else did it, yeah. Did you watch Flora and Ulysses? No. Was it worth it? 
No, I was I was going to ask you the same thing. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. But it's got like Ben Schwartz in it. Oh, really? I, I just think saw, it's got, I saw uh, a squirrel and I was like, I can sit this one out. <laughs> no, yeah, it's got it's it's got Ben Schwartz and I'm pretty sure it's got um, Garth Muckle and Oates. Oh. Well, oh, man. I, yeah. Fuck me in the ass because I love Jesus. Those girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I do. I, man, I will never forgive myself for for missing my opportunities in la with with talking to those two more uh but anyway scott last one what what's something you checked out you want to talk about i just want to admit that i megan finally got me to watch anastasia for the first time the newest disney princess besides um the girl Raya. in the dragon movie it's fun <laughs> that movie's a fucking mess though like yeah. it make it it's a great movie like it's it has great pieces and it's got great music i mean richard marks thank you very much for you know being a fucking national treasure i mean and christopher lloyd just giving 110 yeah, percent. I, I love the 90s when christopher lloyd was like i'm gonna be a bad guy yeah it's weird to think about because like that is a movie that i watched and i really liked and i had no desire to watch again and i think it's because like it doesn't it's almost a bunch of movies. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's four almost, different movies. Yeah, like like and I, you're not wrong. It, it just <laughs> they they could not limit themselves. If we're talking back on how gorillas couldn't limit themselves, uh, you know, I, I feel like the people that made Anastasia, like it could have used about three rewrites. And I think that you know, getting rid of Hank Azaria's character, fucking, he sucks so bad. He's so annoying and so useless. Totally unnecessary. They were doing it to try and get that Disney money. The, the stuff that doesn't work in that is them just trying to ape disney which is so weird to me but like i think that christopher lloyd is awesome the fucking hell song is great when he's falling apart constantly is awesome like lean into that have less of the whole journey with anastasia and john cusack's character dimitri you know it just it felt like the movie had so much that they were trying to do and say and their pacing was wrong I don't know. I mean, I feel like just it just needed rewrites. Like they could have gotten to everything and had it been much tighter. I mean, I know it's bullshit for someone like me who's never done a, a movie to to criticize, but it just it's frustrating because it has so much good in it. Yeah, it was towards the end of Don Bluth's like brief reign beating out Disney with his animated movies. Like mm -hmm. he had this period where it was like, yo, fucking this dude who quit Disney animation because they wouldn't let him make his movie ideas is crushing Disney in the box office because he like left Disney because they didn't want to produce The Secret of Nim. So he produced The Secret of Nim and then he did American Tale, Land Before Time, All Dogs Go to Heaven. And it was like every one of those movies outdid whatever Disney yeah. movie had come out that year. And then it was like right around like Rockadoodle, Thumbelina, oh, Rock and like Pebble and the Penguin. And then we like Anastasia was like the tail end of that. The last movie he did before it was like all done was Titan AE, which is a which is a really good movie, but it was like way too ahead of its time for what it was yeah, trying it to be. Yeah, it certainly was. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, I mean, I, I remember renting it. I think on video, maybe it was yeah, DVD, but pretty it's sure like it's video. visually fantastic. But the world yeah. was like not ready for a movie like Titan AE yeah. yet. <laughs> but yeah, good. I mean. Anastasia's fantastic. Once Upon a December is like one of the prettiest like princess songs from any movie, I think. Yeah. But yeah, good stuff. We talked about a lot of stuff. Not a ton about Day of the Dead, <laughs> but we did talk about a lot of good stuff. Brian, you picked this one. Guys, a couple quick notes because we've only got one more episode before we get to episode 300. And I know y'all are super excited for episode 300. I know I'm super excited for episode 300. But we're going back to the 50s next week with one of my picks. But 
Brian had a pick. I had a pick. Last week, Scott had a pick. You guys get a pick in September, and I'm telling you this now in May because we're about to take a big-ass break from recording at this <laughs> point, and we probably won't start until you know late May, early June. So get those submissions in at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. Between now and, let's say, late July, early August, we are going to go and comb through those. And if you're part of the Patreon and you're paying that $15 to get this video picture aspect on there you also are going to get to vote on what movies we discuss uh for that september pick your votes are going to put into account what we pick it's not going to be like your top four are going to be what we watch but we will take your votes and use them as additional votes for the movies that we're looking at so Thank you so much. That didn't make any sense. I'll explain it better on the Patreon, I'm sure. But go and hit up our Patreon, patreon.com uh, backslash HMN podcast, and email us your movie suggestions at HMN podcast at gmail.com. listening to the Geekscape Network. 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.